Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoyed listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. We're live! Hey everyone! (laughs) Welcome to Deeper, where we're going to be spending a little bit of time talking about our message from this past weekend and going a little bit deeper. A little bit about this weekend. We, as you know, we wrapped up our sermon series, and I loved, hopefully you guys were able to see this. I'm going to put this up, and I'm going to Talk behind it for a second so you have a chance to see it. Tommy made this amazing infographic for us because we wrap up our sermon series um, where it says, you know, love above all, put on love, which binds them all together, which brings them all together, kind of depending on the translation that you had in perfect harmony. And she put this great graphic up there that shows how compassion and kindness Humility, patience, uh, well, and then meekness, gentleness, meekness, we kind of interchangeable words there, are all brought together in love. And I think if you get a chance, go to the website uh, and look at the Windmill Campus and pull up the outline, because this would be a great thing to print off on your printer and just put on your refrigerator for a while, because it's got some great scriptures about each one of those areas, and the reminder that it really is love that keeps it all together. So... Um, love for you to to make sure you have that and as we remind you very often that's why we put those outlines up on the website is so that you can have those scriptures in front of you a lot of people read the Bible but I know a lot of people sometimes they struggle with getting into the Bible so why not learn scripture through the sermons right and that's why we give you those outlines and stuff so you can print those off or even just kind of have them there and, and you're able to get some of that scripture into your heart, into your mind, but in a context that makes a little bit more sense to you than just kind of reading the Bible in general. So, And I just made myself a note. After we're finished here, I can actually link that directly into the comments so you'll find it after we kind of finish. Oh, I'll go back in and link it. Great. Yeah, that'll make it a little easier to find. Yeah, so did they have to stay on? Nope. No, okay. You'll get an, it'll show, um, they should get an alert that go, okay. so-and-so commented, you'll see... Um, Tommy did a really good job putting that together. I mean, we got her the scriptures, but she's the one that came up with the graphics and kind of showed how it all comes together. So I'd love for you to have that. It's really awesome. Um, And it was the accumulation of five-week sermon series, Dress for Success. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, I'll be honest with you. When we started the sermon series and we were kind of coming up with the initial idea, I didn't think it was a great one. I was like, oh. I was like, it's, um, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I was a part of the decision-making process. It wasn't like it was foisted on me, and I said, oh, that's going to stink. We kind of worked on this together, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that'll be all right. But um, people have really liked it. Um, I've probably, we've received probably more comments on this sermon series than we have on some of our other ones in the past. Um, so, Do you feel like you, like, benefited from doing it at the end of the oh, series? Very good question, Tommy. Um, well, I know that preaching on the two that I preached on, which was being more compassionate and being more patient, were two areas that I definitely needed some, I needed some work in. So maybe, uh, it, I know it made an impact with me, especially preaching on the patience. And it's, it's amazing how many comments 
we received on that on that sermon on patience. That seems to be an area where a lot of people struggle mm -hmm. um, with being more patient. So, um, but people have just really liked this idea. I even have one gentleman come up and say, you know, Pastor, we don't always see eye to eye. Um, but he goes, this sermon series has been really good for me. It's awesome. And I was like, all right then. I think it's important reminders for us. Mm -hmm. You know, I think all of the topics that were covered each week um, with the compassion and kindness, it's like we kind of know all these things. Like, you know, Jesus was showing us all these things. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like, uh, you know, you kind of forget the details of it and, and really applying it to your life because, you know, we're human and stuff. We are human. <laughs> and we, sometimes we just, we're not very good at being humble or being gentle or compassionate. Um, sometimes, man, I just stink at being kind. I can be a little harsh sometimes. I, or It's funny, people ask me, is there something wrong? And it's when I get into, when there's a lot going on, my mind doesn't hold a lot of details very well. I'm not a detail-oriented person, so when I've got a lot of details going on in my life, I get very focused. And I kind of put the blinders on, because I got so much going on, it's just like I have to focus. And so I come across a little brusque and a little non-kind mm. to other people. I got that question yesterday, I believe, from one of my staff people. Not it Tommy. It wasn't Tommy. <laughs> and it was just because I had so much going on. So I think what it's a good reminder to us what, for those moments when we're when we're struggling to be kind or compassionate or we're just not being very patient. Um, the scriptures helped us remember that these are qualities that as children of God, as God's chosen people, remember it reminds us that in Colossians 3, holy and dearly loved these are the personality traits that we are supposed to put on. Mm -hmm. Supposed to try to dress ourselves in daily. Um, doesn't mean that we're not going to occasionally wear a hoodie when we should be wearing a jacket. But um, <laughs> uh, every now and then you don't put on the proper uh, personality clothing. But it's this reminder. These, as God's people, we are called to be these things. And uh, hopefully the sermon series has helped give you some ideas on how you can have those be a little bit bigger part of your life. And then today, as a reminder, it's got to start with love. Right, Tommy? Well, when you start with love, it makes all those other ones a little bit easier. Yeah. It's a little hard to be compassionate when you're starting from a place not of love. That's true. <laughs> and is, is love something that comes from within you? I think, yes. <laughs> Sometimes I think you have to channel it into yourself. <laughs> well, I, Bob, are, you the, I, are you the creator of love? No. I think I think it's a, more like a prism. Prism does not create light, right? If you if you, if, I, didn't, I didn't use that in my sermon, but it's I'm, a good a good um, but visual. White light comes into a prism and then it's reflected out. Now, the prism doesn't reflect those colors out until that white light is shown into the prism. And I think we are the, it's similar that way. God's love is poured into our lives, mm -hmm. right? And then we reflect it out in compassion and kindness and meekness and patience and gentleness. Um, and it just starts with this idea of, of letting that love pour into us. This, that's why I told the story. If you haven't gone back and you don't watch any of the sermon, please watch the part where I tell the story about Catherine Lewis Laws. It is, I've used, I use this story about once every two years and I use it, try to use it in different contexts because it's literally just one of my favorite stories. It's just so powerful. It's got, it's got all the elements of a great drama. It's got bad guys. It's got prisoners and robbers and rapists. It's got 
it's got jail, right, and all that rough, and then it's got these wonderful characters that come into the situation and they act in a way that you shouldn't act. Catherine and Lewis Laws, he is the new warden of Sing Sing Prison. He comes in and he, and he and his wife are told, "Don't interact with the prisoners. These guys are bad guys." And and uh, you know, and sometimes people pretty much act like they're expected to act, and they totally turn it around. In nineteen, I think it was twenty one, nineteen twenty one. And they come in, and Catherine, he forms a basketball league, in one example. And the guards are like, Catherine, three young girls, don't come into the prison. You can't be around these guys. You don't know what they're going to do. The first basketball tournament, there she is in the stands, surrounded by prisoners. Probably a few guards around as well, but surrounded by prisoners. And, and everybody's like, you can't be here doing these types of things. And she says, her attitude was this, my husband and I are going to take care of these men, and I believe they will take care of me. So I am not worried. And she just poured her love into these men. She, she helped uh, a blind man learn to read Braille. She, what did she say? She found somebody who was uh, deaf mute, so she learned sign language so that she could communicate with him. They started different programs for the prisoners. I didn't go into a lot of the details because I had to make it a little bit shorter. Um, she basically, she just, loved on the prisoners and her husband did that he started programs rehabilitation programs in fact there's a, there's a book out there called um miracle at sing sing that kind of goes into all of this and it became one of went from one of the worst institutions for criminals to one of the most having the one of the highest rehabilitation rates simply because the people in charge said we're not going to see you as criminals and robbers we're going to see you as people that we can help and they did um, and then really kind of the, the, the turn at the end of the story is that she gets involved in a car accident, she dies. And the prisoners find out about it. And this is after, I think, um, 16 years of interacting with them. And uh, as her body is kind of at the wake at their home, which is about three quarters of a mile from the prisoner, the acting warden comes out and he's kind of doing his rounds. Um, Lewis obviously is taking some time away and he sees the prisoners gathered in the yard and they're all pressed up against the fence, staring uh, towards the direction of where they know the house to be, the warden's house. And he looks and he sees them and they're just crying. They're just these hardened men. You, you don't cry in prison from what I understand. I've never been, <laughs> been to jail a few times, but that's a different story for a different time. Uh, but I've never been to prison and uh, but I have some friends that have been, and they say crying is definitely a sign, something you don't do in prison, but these men are crying. And the warden sees this, and he sees just this outpouring of emotion and care and love that they've, they've had for this woman that's cared for them for 16 years. And he makes a remarkable decision. He goes to the front gate, he turns and he faces all the men, and he says, all right, men, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you, what does he say? He says. You can go, just be sure to check in tonight. In other words, you can go and pay your last respects. And so with just a very minimal guard escort, these men file down the streets to the law's house and stand in line to pay their last respects to Catherine. And every one of them returned to the prison without any of them having to be chased down or, um, you know, or, or hunted down or anything. They all came back.
I was thinking about that story. It was through her love that all those prisoners got to experience like compassion and kindness and humility and the patience. I mean, it was just really interesting how that really tied it together because yeah, they probably weren't being given those sort of, probably not, you know, behaviors. Like mm -hmm. people were probably not being very humble with them. Like definitely I'm better than you, you, Prisoner, <laughs> prisoner, you were murdering yeah. a robber. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and like, how can I have compassion for someone who's committed these crimes? And yeah. and they were able to experience all of that, which I think is so transformative. You know, when you can think about how that can impact someone's life, it's so true. An underreported part of the story is that Lewis and Catherine Laws were very strong Christians. So basically, what we're talking about is what you see in the story. They let God's love pour into them and then it poured out of them into the lives of these men. And it, it really just transformed them. Um, and we don't know. We don't know how many of them went back to being exactly how they were or if some of these men were transformed um, permanently. Uh, I haven't read that much of the book. I probably need to read the entire book, um, Miracle Sing Sing, but um, it is a great reminder to me, at least, one of the greatest transforming powers in the world is love. And it can... If people, anybody thinks someone's beyond redemption, I would say that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. right? We all have people in our lives that have done really made really bad choices. Sometimes that person's been us, and um, we should never give up hope on them because you never know what God's love or the love of God pouring through somebody else into their life can do to change somebody's heart and mind. Um, I know some bad. I mean, some people that are in some pretty bad places. I was. I, I was transformed a lot by God's love in my life as well. So I've seen it firsthand. How about you, Tommy? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, I don't, it doesn't have to be like a major, like, you know, a person who's in these like deep throes of horrible decisions. It could be like the person that you come in contact with at the gas station or the grocery store True. that you can you know, react to them or respond to them out of a place of love. And it could really make a transformative it could be a transformative moment in just their day in just their day yeah. or that part of the day that's mm -hmm. a really good point they could be having a tough day and you share a little bit of that love or compassion or kindness with them and it could just it could just help them out for the next hour i think that's a really good point tommy there's this quote from romans 12 too i think it's such a great text um really next to the the text about dressing ourselves in these things and then love bringing them all together perfectly Maybe my favorite text in the whole weekend, it's from Romans 12 too. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God's love transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And it's just this reminder, God's love transforms us. And the more we put ourselves in the path of that love, the more transformation can happen. I mean, what a great reminder too! Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I mean, we are up against a lot of information right now, and examples of behaviors that we don't want to copy, and that yeah. are not representative of, of God and and how He wants us to dress in our lives. And I think yeah. that's a really great reminder. Doesn't it seem like the bad behaviors get all the press? They do. And here's the thing: people say, "Oh, we live in such a horrible world," and I, I get there's horrible elements, but something I go back to is. In your daily interaction with people, and I don't know what kind of interactions or what, what you do, but in your daily interaction with people, to the most of the people you run into, are they mean, are they kind, or indifferent? Um, 
I mean, how many bad things do you see people do in your daily interactions? Now, when you read the news, of course, they're going to remind you of all the bad things happening in the world because bad news sells. But is the world really that bad of a place? Or are the majority of people, the majority of the time, pretty good and decent folks? Mm -hmm. When I was teaching, it was always like, um, it was always easy to see the behavior of a student that's maybe not in line with what you're wanting, not mm -hmm. sitting or talking out or whatever. And it, like one of the biggest behavior sort of teachings I learned was like, you need to catch them being good mm. and just constantly catch them being good because if your narrative is always on that bad behavior, then that's all you're gonna see and that's all you're gonna focus on. But right. if you can, it can shift it to like those good behaviors, you know, that's what you're gonna start seeing and noticing more and some of those other things kind of fall away, you know? 100%. Yeah, that is such a great reminder. Um, catch people doing good, you know, and that's um, that's what God does for us. Oh, Lori just jumped on. Mm -hmm. I think Connie had something to say about the story, um, experiencing trust, respect. Oh, so let me yeah. click to see more. Oh, um, it was to the point. She said a spot on that story with the um, the prison, the relationships, the trust. And and that's really what we're called to be is those kind of influences in the world. And that's why I really like this, this final part. It's a reminder that the more we can let God's love transform us, the more that we can be a transformative force in the world. Because in, I'll, I'll go over this briefly, because the second point in my message, which I thought was not a bad thing for us to remember, is that we often get confused about what can bring change. Um, you looked at this First Corinthians text where it says, if I could speak in all the languages of earth and angels but don't love, I'm just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, right? Sometimes we think that a well-spoken or a good speech or, or, or being able to speak well is really that life-changing thing. But, and it can be very important, but it's got to be grounded in love, right? If I possess knowledge and have faith that can move mountains but don't love, I would be nothing. Um, you can be the smartest person in the world. But if it's not grounded in love, it's not going to mean much. And then finally, if I gave everything to the poor, right? That's good stuff. You can give yourself away. Be generous. Sacrifice your body. Could boast, it says, but if I don't have love, I have gained nothing. So even if you do all this service and you just do it kind of out of a selfish need to be affirmed and there's not love at the foundation of it, um, love for the people you're serving or love that's kind of motivating you to, to go and to give, you're not going to gain much from that. And it's such a great reminder that Education's good. Service is good. Being well-spoken is good. But none of them are going to have much meaning in our lives if they're not grounded in love. Right? And we get confused by that sometimes. We think, sometimes we think just being real smart is enough. Mm -hmm. Love is the foundation on which all those other things, which are important, can build and bring greater meaning into your life. And uh, what'd you think of the uh, kitchen sponge analogy? Dumb? No, I thought that was cool. Was that all right? Yeah. Thinking about using it at the lakes this weekend. Think I can get away with it doing it. And yeah, Dave and Jan, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody, Jan. It. It'll be in a different context. <laughs> but I just like the kitchen sponge, and it's yeah. so easy. Say, what did you like about it? Well, I just, first of all, I just appreciate any sort of like um, object sort of connection because. I think so many concepts from the Bible can feel so hard to grasp. So when you have like an object 
like example, it really helps to be like, okay, that really, I don't know, it just really helps it to click. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even when you reference the prism, I'm like, ah, oh, I love that. Like, I'm gonna use that to explain to my kids. Like, it's a really Ooh. easy way to like, make a hard concept feel easier to understand. Maybe I should use a prism this week instead of the sponge. Since I already used a sponge, nice. I could use the prism. Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, so really the question is, go ahead. Oh, Lori said, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That is oh, awesome. I got to quote that, Lori. Might be using that. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I, I've heard that before, but I got to remember no one, no, <laughs> no one, no cares. one cares Da 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 until they know. Oh, Lori's helped me write my sermon. And me, I gave you the prism yeah, idea. And the prism, yes, thank you. Oh my gosh, you guys are, the sermon's getting written right now even as we speak. It's awesome. You guys are the best, thank you. Um, and so really the question I had for you then is, and maybe we'll leave you with this today, so we don't want to take too much more of your time, is how do you put yourself in the flow of God's love? Because that sponge analogy is, you know, if a, a, a kitchen sponge isn't very useful. I mean, it, it'll wipe up some things if it's all dry and crusty, but it's not until you, it gets wet and gets moist, right? It gets some of that water. You know, and obviously the analogy being God's love, we're kind of, we're a lot more effective when God's love is pouring into us. Um, and kitchen sponge, much, much better when it's in the flow of water. So what do you do to put yourself in the flow of God's love? To be, to live a more effective life, to be, live a life with greater compassion kindness, gentleness, humility, and um, patience. And what about you? What's your thing? And it's not just one. It can be several. But what are some things that put you in the flow of God's love? Um, you know, devotion in the morning. I Morning devotion is the one for you? Yeah, I have a, I mean, my, it's very, it's not like, and I want to say this because I think for the longest time I used to think that I had, it only was effective if it meant I'm sitting in a chair mm. and it's quiet and contemplative and I have to wake up two hours before my family so I can have all this time to, I literally open the Bible app while I'm getting ready for work with my headphones in and there's like a little story, um, prayer, like devotion thing on there mm -hmm. that I could just click and profit and listen and watch while I'm getting ready and, and, um, it really helps start my day with like a little bit of, of like God's word, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I found a way to make it work for my morning that didn't feel stressful and like uh, something to check off my list. You know, it actually feels like impactful for my So day. you found a way to actually do it while you're still getting ready so you don't have to be still. You can actually be active while you're getting it. Right. Which is... Yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, only, it's just for maybe for my time in my life. I have four kids well, yeah. and I'm like getting everybody ready in the morning. It's like I only have like a little bit of time to myself where it's actually quiet and I can focus on that, but I still need to kind of do other stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> time is a precious commodity right now, Miss Tommy. That's true. We were talking about that with Jason. Jason also has four kids all under the age of 16. And uh, yeah, I think he's a pretty busy fellow as well. Yeah. yeah but um, so for you, it's morning devotion. How about you guys? Um, well, I'll have to text Kristen my uh, little thing that I do. Um, oh, something about oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Thanks for sharing that uh, story. Look at a police officer doing that. Yeah, so right now, type in your type in there. Multitasking mama, that's Kristen. <laughs> Kristen understands that. Um, type in some of the things you do right now so we can learn from one another. Put yourself in the flow of God's love. 
Uh, one thing that I mentioned in service, and I'll reiterate, I, I like to, well, one, good Christian music. Um, if, I, if it's been a long day or if there's just stuff going on, if I can just get in the car and jam out to some good Christian music, usually while I'm going somewhere. Not maybe. the bad Christian music. Right. Good As compared Christian. to good Christian. <laughs> we'll have another we'll have another session on good and bad. <laughs> I personally like more the contemporary kind of rock Christian music, but that's me. Let's see what did Kristen say. Listen worship. Oh yeah. So me and Kristen are in the same way. I like that's I, I get fed during worship services. Pastors often struggle to get fed during a worship service because you're you're worried about the service and how everything's going is the in our case, is the AV working? How are the mics doing? Is you know different elements of the service, and so you're kind of keeping an eye on all that. It's very hard to let your heart go. But for the ten minutes or so where we're just doing worship music, I can just realize I don't have to be responsible for anything except just worshiping. So a big thank you and shout out to Kristen and Gala and oh my KC. gosh and Casey and Natalie and. Um, all the musicians, too. All, the, all, all of the musicians. I'm just trying to think of... Tara. Tara, that's yeah. who I just was losing her in my mind there for a second. Um, uh, they just make it possible. So, worship music, but then also service. Uh, I get a kick out of... <sighs> Saturday mornings, we do a food ministry, first and third. I don't want to get up early on Saturday morning. It is literally the only morning I don't have to get up early. It's Saturday morning. I force myself to get up at least once if not twice a month to do it to go serve because I know that when I get there and I'm actually helping with the food ministry it feeds my soul even though it is such a pain in the butt to get well, up there in the first place it sounds like if you gave everything you had to the poor and if you didn't love others you'd gain nothing but here's the thing I get there and I'm reminded <laughs> right not necessarily it's that love that drives me to do it because I don't need the affirmation I don't need that I just but you get there and you see the people and they're and they're happy and you know you're you're making a difference and it just kind of brings out the compassion mm -hmm. in you. Um, so that's what it is for me sometimes. Same thing with the Mexico mission trip, which I mentioned. Not the and Kristen knows this. Um, it can be it's a very powerful trip. Um, it's hard work though, and you have to take a, some time away from your family and the comforts. But you get there and that love just that God gives you just kind of pours out of you. It's like putting yourself in the flow of God's love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what else? True. Connie's, um, what else? How about the rest of you guys? I would love to hear what are some of the things you do. Right? Tommy said devotions in the morning, which is great. Kristen said Christian music, listening to Christian music, service. Maybe it's worship. Uh, maybe it's prayer. Some people... They just get filled up when they when they find time to pray, you know. One for you know who said something that was interesting, Joe Gilbert, who's very very heady guy, very knowledgeable college professor kind of guy. He says spending time with God's word. He kind of needs the intellectual mm -hmm. exercise of getting into God's word and studying a little bit. You know, some people that are kind of heady like that, they they need that. Other people, it's like being in a small group and entering mm -hmm. a discussion with one another. That's why we're always encouraged to be in a small group. Uh, where you can talk with people, because that is a great way to put yourself in the flow of God's love. Oh, good news at noon helps. <gasps> Diet, touching my heart. She's our favorite now. Yep, yep, you're our favorite. <laughs> All right, Diane's moved into favorite status. <laughs> people, <laughs> well, you, this was actually a setup to see if someone said that. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Diane. You win. Price is coming your way. 
You know, I think too is another um, opportunity to be, you know, put into the flow of God's love is is kind of seeing the um, seeing other people show love when, like, um, mm. I feel like it would be hard. You know, if I see somebody else showing love and grace and compassion in a situation. Or my immediate like instinct internally is like mm. not that to be uncomfortable or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think seeing that example in front of me helps to like put me in the place to like kind of you know receive that flow of God's love to be like oh yeah that's right like, like that, that feels better. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, that's why that story is so powerful. I mean, how many people could go into a prison setting with the hardest of the hard people? And just show them so much compassion and care. And that's why it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. You're right, those stories can be, I, I love that. That's a really good point, Tommy. You put yourself in situations where you see other people uh, kind of sharing that love of God. That's awesome. Psalm 63, Psalmist says it in such a great way. He says, your love is better than life, God. And so I will praise you, lifting my hands up to you in prayer. I love it. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest mm. of foods. Isn't that a great analogy? Mm-hmm. I love a good meal, right? But even a good meal, it might satisfy your stomach. It might put a smile on your face, but it doesn't satisfy your soul. It's God's love. And when you put yourself in the flow of God's love, it satisfies your soul, and it just pours out of you. First Thessalonians, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. Right, and overflow, uh, just as our love for you overflows. It's that reminder that when you put yourself in the flow of God's love, it's just gonna, and you let it fill you up, it flows out of you, and that's what our world needs, mm-hmm. an overflow of God's love, which is really cool. All right. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate you. We appreciate you guys joining us on Wednesdays and giving us the opportunity to connect with you and remind ourselves of the message because sometimes it's when we go through the message and have to remember remember the scriptures and stuff it uh, puts us in the flow of God's love so thank you for letting giving us the opportunity to do it and hopefully it's doing the same for some of you amen God bless everyone we'll see you now bye have a great day bye-bye thanks again everyone for joining us for this episode of good news from good Sam We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day. Amen.